Welcome to the Nutrition Unpeeled podcast, a place where hungry minds discuss all things evidence-based nutrition, fitness, mindset, and healthy living. We're your hosts, registered dietitian and nutritionists, Courtney, Darian, and Hannah. Let's dive in. The information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only, so always speak to a healthcare provider such as a registered dietitian who can work with you directly about your unique healthcare needs. Hello there, and welcome back to the Nutrition Unpeeled podcast. In this episode of the podcast, we are mixing it up from our usual content and getting a bit more personal. So throughout this podcast episode, we'll be doing some personal reflection in a 3-2-1 format, sharing three supportive habits we've adopted, two unsupportive habits we've ditched, and one piece of advice we'd give our younger self. Okay, before we jump into what we're talking about this week, what is the best thing you guys ate? Ooh, um, well, I had some family in town over the weekend, and I was lucky enough that they took me to Red Lobster, <laughs> and I crushed a steak and a lobster tail and some pasta and those Red Lobster biscuits, and it was very delicious. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, mine's a super weird one, but... Okay, I shared this on my Instagram, those core power protein Mm, drinks, which normally I'm not really into those protein drinks. I never really thought about it as an option I'd enjoy. Um, But I tried one a couple of weeks ago and now I'm kind of getting hooked on them, which is a bit unfortunate because they're kind of expensive. Um, But my favorite vanilla flavor was sold out. So I grabbed (laughs) the banana flavor because Darian told me it was really good. (laughs) Super hesitant, but it was so tasty. Um, So it sounds weird, but that honestly was like the the best thing I, I guess I drank this week. I never thought I'd hear that coming from you with the banana flavor because you always make fun of me for how much I love it. Oh, yeah. I always think banana flavored stuff tastes like that banana medicine that I'm like oh, so scarred by. Oh, yeah. no. As a child. Darian was the child who you had to hide drink. the medicine from because she liked it too much. Perfect. Um, okay. Well, mine was what I would like to consider a Costco special, which is a Costco roast chicken, the dill pickle salad, but from Costco, because for some reason the Costco one tastes better, even though you can buy it other places, and then just some rice. And I don't know, but that meal was just so dang good. So that was the best thing I had. I love a simple meal like that. All right, so to kick off the podcast, we're going to be sharing three supportive habits that we've adopted. And now before sharing, we do just want to say that this is all a personal reflection. And just because these habits are supportive or helpful for us doesn't mean we're saying you should adopt them or that they're going to be supportive for everyone. So really just think of this as like an interesting dialogue and take what you need from it. Mm-hmm. So, Darian, would you like to kick us off with your supportive habits? Mm-hmm. So, my first supportive habit is walking in the morning again. And I say again because this was something I did consistently, like like rain or shine, snow, like every day. And I found this last year. It kind of became a little bit more inconsistent. But I started to pick it back up again. And whether that's a 5, 10, 15-minute little loop around my neighborhood – I truly just love how I feel when I have a little walk in the morning, whether it's just to clear my head, get some sunshine to kind of wake me up, some fresh air. But taking that time to go for a little walk in the morning just feels so, so supportive for me and such a nice way to start my day. 
Yeah, I love that one. Mm-hmm. I know that was something we were both in the group yes. of doing, and it's one that yeah. I've slowly Getting fallen off of. So it's been inspiring to see you readopt that habit. Yeah. And like you said, it's a really nice way to start the day. Yeah, it is. My second one is water before anything. This isn't new to me, but it is truly my favorite habit. I wake up while my coffee's brewing. I just down one of my water bottles and I just feel very like refreshed and like rehydrated after, you know, not drinking throughout the night. Um, And I find even just like my digestive system feels good and it just gives me a little bit of energy and kind of spunk to start the morning um, before I have my coffee. And it's something I can do anywhere. So I feel like it's quite a, it's been a easier habit for myself to adopt, even though it is quite a challenging one to maybe start off with. Yeah, I definitely feel like that is one daring that I need to do. I'm sitting here with like the driest mouth and only coffee in front of me right now. And I'm like, oh, damn, a, a big glass of water to start my morning would have been a great idea. Yeah. I love what you shared, too, Darian, about how that habit can really travel with you anywhere. Mm. And we talked about this a little bit in our holiday nutrition tips podcast where we talked about anchor habits. And it's almost like the mindset of, you know, I did something for myself first thing in the morning. I had that water and it kind of just starts your day off. Mm-hmm. Um, with a win. Not to say that if you forgot no. to do it, your day's like nope. not going to go well, but it is just like a nice little, you know, habit to kick off the rest of your supportive habits. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is. My third one is prioritizing my day. And this might not be for everyone. It's one I'm kind of working out the kinks in for myself, but kind of creating like my work and life to-do list in the morning more so in order of importance or tasks I can complete. It's something I wasn't really good at before. And I would just, you know, like go about my day or have this huge list of things to do, but then I'd get very overwhelmed or down on myself if I didn't complete it. Um, And I found that if I can kind of keep those daily actions a little bit smaller, which is something we talk about with our clients and really focus on, you know, what, how can I prioritize my day in terms of like what tasks are going to take a little bit less time to complete or which ones can wait a little bit longer? Um, It's actually helped me mentally just like feel a little bit more organized in my day. And actually a day this week, I didn't create my list. And it was really weird actually to feel how a little bit scrambled I felt. And so this might sound like a very maybe silly or small habit, not for everyone, but taking that like five minutes in my day to prioritize what my day is going to look like has been really helpful for me. I love that one. I find it very grounding and calming to have that list. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something my mom always did growing (laughs) up and then she would make lists for us as well. So I feel like (laughs) making lists and like kind of figuring out how I need to build my day Mm -hmm. has been really helpful for me too. And even time blocking if I need to, like how much time do I have through the day and where do these tasks fit Mm -hmm. and where am I maybe over committing myself and need to reconsider where that task or priority or whatever it might be, where it can fit in. Right. Um, for the remainder of the week. Yeah, definitely. All right, so those are my three supportive habits. Hannah, what are yours? Yeah, so my first one, I would say kind of ties into your last one, um, but it is if it takes less than two minutes to do it now. Um, so this is something I've been working on for like the last six months, and where I'm saying the connection is, is I am easily feeling overwhelmed, you know, when something pops in, um, a small task that I have to do, and then that to-do list just gets so big. Whereas I found if I just stop, and if I know it's going to take, you know, a minute, 
minute or two minutes and I just get it done off the list before it even goes on the list, I just feel a lot calmer and a lot more ready to tackle the day. Um, So yeah, so that's something that I've really been trying to adopt through work, but then also life too, Um, you know. Uh, helps keep your house a bit tidier too. <laughs> if it's going to take two minutes, you can just put that thing away um, as opposed to have the chair or the bed that is just like a clothes yep. bed. Um, yeah, definitely guilty of that. So that's one habit I've definitely been adopting and working on. Um, and I really love it so far. Yeah, the first thing I thought of was like hanging up the jacket, yeah. putting yeah. the dish away. Yep. Um, but I'm curious, what are the tasks you notice yourself um, taking action on now? Yeah, for sure. So I feel like um, it's like around work is huge. So if it's a quick email, you know, a client like inquiring, that's just something that I can get done like with a, you know, a sentence or two back, um, then just getting that off the docket. Um, Or if it's something like at home and it's, you know, me pulling out something for supper, um, sometimes I'll even put those things off. Like I'll continue to put those off because I feel like, you know, I quote unquote don't have time or I'm doing something that's more important. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've really noticed that getting those small tasks actually allows me just to approach the day with a lot more clarity, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've heard people explain it as like our brain always wanting to close the loop Mm -hmm. on tasks so if we're always leaving those loops open it can be very overwhelming compared to you know this is just small but putting that dish away or making the bed it's done it's completed and you can really think and move on to the next thing I feel like on the flip side for me sometimes I'll like do all of these urgent things because it makes me feel really accomplished Mm -hmm. but then the more important tasks that I maybe need to get done get pushed off so Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where the time blocking that Darian kind of shared about can be helpful too where it's like you have those blocks in your day for things that do take more than two minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, And then my second habit is a small one, um, but it is washing fruit and vegetables right when I get home from the grocery store and having them in like clear containers. So I am somebody who definitely sees or eats what I see. Um, And this has been a big thing around like, you know, we talk about environment quite a bit and We just had a podcast come out about different things we can do with our environment that helps us maybe make changes that we want that are more aligned with our goals. And so eating those fruits and vegetables for them not to be like wilted and rotten in my crisper um, is a big goal of mine. So I find, you know, if I'm already going to the grocery store, me taking the extra, I don't know, five, ten minutes to prep the fruit and the vegetables um, makes a huge difference. And it's way more likely I'll grab those for lunch. Um, so that's been a big one. And then my last one is laying items out the night before. Um, so this is one I was actually having a conversation with Courtney recently how sometimes I think like the most basic things I let slide and then I'm like, why do I not feel like I'm on top of my life? Um, And then it's like, oh, yeah, go back to those like very basic things that help you get going in the morning. Um, And so that's a big one for me. So laying out items like I always make these pancakes for breakfast. So laying out all the pantry items that I can on the counter, having my pan out, my spatula out, all of that just helps me almost get out of bed in the morning because I know hey, 
it's already out. All I need to do is mix up these pancakes. Um, another one would be having my snacks laid out for the day. So even if I need to maybe make a hot lunch, I have my snacks ready for the day, my clothes ready. Um, and then also recently I've discovered the setting to auto make my coffee in the morning. <laughs> so I've been doing that. So like setting it, you know, for 645 or this whatever time my alarm is going off. So I know like, oh, right. When I go downstairs, the coffee's already made. Um, so those have been really awesome things to help me get up and going in the morning, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And I was kind of reflecting as you were sharing um, on our podcast on how to build a supportive mm-hmm. environment. And you talked about how, you know, setting these things out makes it easier, but it also creates that cue in your environment, which is mm-hmm. cool. Like seeing your gym clothes out in front of you is like, oh, that's the cue to put them on and go to the gym. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's such an effective yeah. tool, both to make life easier, but also just to curate your environment very intentionally. Absolutely. I love that. Totally. And it kind of like melds into the first one of almost all these things take less than two minutes Mm -hmm. to do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And they make a huge difference the next morning. So That's true. Yeah. So Courtney, what are the three habits that you have adopted? Yeah. So the first one that came to mind for me is understanding light and how to use natural light to my advantage. So when we expose our eyes to natural light, it can really wake us up and regulate our circadian rhythm. So the hormones that tell us when to be awake and when to be sleepy. So for me, I've noticed a huge impact in my energy and productivity when I expose myself to natural light. So for example, first thing in the morning when I wake up, I try to pull open my blinds and let that natural light stream in. Right now it's summer in Saskatchewan, so when I wake up there is natural light compared to in the winter when there's not. So in the winter I will turn on the lights in my room just to get my body waking up. And then through the morning I you know, think about habits like can I work by the window or can I go outside for that walk in the morning to get that light exposure and really start to wake up and get energized for the day. And I kind of continue to think about it all throughout the day. So, for example, at our office at the 220 building in Saskatoon, we have one office that has a lot of natural light. And then a couple of the other offices we work in Mm -hmm. don't have any natural light. And I really notice on those days when I'm in the, the darker rooms that I'm quite sleepy. So I make... I set a goal to go outside for a walk around the neighborhood or even to switch it up. And maybe, you know, I've told Darian, hey, can I switch and work in the other office because I'm feeling sleepy? I want that natural light to wake up. Um, And it's also a tip I use with a lot of my clients who are navigating shift work. So when they're turning around from nights to days, I really encourage them, like when you get up from your long sleep, go outside, go for a walk, get that natural light. It'll wake you up and start to get your hormones back in sync with your, you know, the normal day and light cycles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I love that one so much. And I agree. I think it's huge, like in your day, especially when you do start to pay more attention to it, you start to really notice like, oh, this environment is a little darker. Maybe that's why I do feel a little down or tired and switching that up and getting that exposure is something I've definitely noticed too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And on the flip side, like sometimes we don't have natural light because maybe it's an overcast day or it's rainy. And I mean, that's outside of our control, but I do notice those days Mm -hmm. I'm like sleepy Mm -hmm. and tired and maybe a little less energized. So I think it's just amazing awareness to have. It's like, hey, I'm not down today or there's nothing, you know, I did to maybe feel more sleepy. I maybe had a good sleep or I've been eating well, but it's just that the light's not Mm -hmm. there to give me that extra energy. 
And I do think about it on the flip side too. So supporting my sleep. Um, So in Saskatchewan with these long summer days, it's like the lights going on for what feels like forever. And it is harder to unwind because there's more natural light outside that uh, keeps us up. Um, But in the evenings, I do think about things like drawing the blinds down to get some darkness, like um, changing a setting on my phone that blocks some of that Mm -hmm. blue light. So on um, iPhones, you can go into a setting that kind of turns your screen to a more amber color at a certain time, which can block some of that really energizing, activating blue light. So that's, you know, something I do with my technology. I mean, the other solution would be not to use my phone in the evening, but I'm not quite there yet. (laughs) And then The other thing is just dimming the lights, like trying to use lamps or I have some like yellowed out kind of low lights in my kitchen. And I'll try to turn those on instead of the really bright overhead lights, just again, to keep that light low. So my body's more likely to start producing melatonin, which will make me sleepy and I'll I'll have a better sleep. My second tip is building protein into my meals and snacks. And if you've listened to the podcast, this isn't new, um, but What's been a little bit newer for me lately is really focusing on eating my body weight in grams of protein. So that's um, quite a higher protein intake, but just for the amount of strength training I do, I really find I feel better recovered and just way more satisfied through the day. So I've just personally made an intention to be higher on the recommendation for people um, in terms of protein intake for training. Um, That is a pretty high protein intake, even 0.7 grams per pound um, can work really well for a lot of people if they are strength training a few times a week, but I've just really noticed for me that I feel better with a bit more protein. So I've just been a little bit more intentional to make sure I'm getting enough at my meals and a high protein snack through the day. Mm-hmm. I really love that one. And I was actually having a conversation with a client the other day where she's like, it's really starting to click and like, I'm feeling what it feels like to have enough protein to support my body with my training and my recovery and mm-hmm. satisfaction throughout the day. So, I mean, I think that one's such a powerful one. Yeah, that's probably the biggest piece for me is satisfaction. Mm -hmm. I just feel way more satisfied. And as much as I love food, I really don't love when I'm thinking about food all day. And so if I have those higher protein meals and that high protein snack, I just feel really well fed, really well fueled, and I can focus on other things in my life, other people, my work, and and my clients. Mm -hmm. Definitely. My third supportive habit is to reflect on my nervous system throughout the day. So we've talked about the nervous system before on the podcast. Um, So when we're explaining the nervous system, we talk about two branches. So the sympathetic nervous system, sometimes called the fight or flight, and the parasympathetic nervous system, otherwise called the rest and digest system. So these two systems kind of work together to either activate us or relax us. So, you know, through the day, we're kind of moving through the two systems. So, you know, in the morning, I talked about, you know, energizing and waking myself up with natural light. That's my sympathetic nervous system activating me and getting me ready for the day. On the extreme side, I mean, the sympathetic nervous system can be overactivated where we're maybe like really, really stressed out. Um, But for me, like sometimes I'm intentionally activating that nervous system if I want to wake up or if, you know, I want to get excited for the gym. So I'll do really intentional things that help to activate Mm -hmm. that system, like going for a walk, even having like a little bit of caffeine or coffee before a workout or listening to music that's like more uplifting and energizing and gets me excited to work out or do something that requires like a little bit more activation. Um, But on the flip side, you know, 
I want to balance my um, time in the sympathetic nervous system with time in the parasympathetic nervous system. So things that relax me and make me feel like calm and grounded um, because we know that system is a big part of recovery um, and even digestion, which Mm -hmm. we've talked about. So um, I'll notice when maybe I do need to be a little bit more intentional with relaxing. So maybe it's before bed or just a time in the day where I want to take that moment to kind of restore. So, you know, I'll do things like listening to calmer music instead of like fast paced, energizing music. Or maybe it's dimming the lights before bed if I want to relax. Or maybe it's taking that break from working, which is very activating, to not working and, you know, eating a meal very distraction free so my body can better digest it. So I I just kind of think about where I am in those two systems and I'm really intentional with activities that help nudge me towards the system I want to be in depending on what I'm doing. I think that's such an interesting one and I feel like it's very empowering to understand how your those systems work for you um, because it helps you understand what is going on in your body too and like you know I'll talk to clients too it's like if you're really stressed or if you're really busy it's like your appetite might not even be there so it's like what do we have to do to maybe bring you down so Mm -hmm. your appetite is Mm -hmm. those cues are a little bit more they're aware and you can feel them so I think it's really interesting to dive into those systems and understand what that feels like for your body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, like what you said, Darian, of what it feels like for your body and then also of like what habits get you there Mm -hmm. versus get another person there. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I know for some people, like some clients will say when we're talking about maybe a bedtime routine to like calm them down, um, they'll be like, oh, I can't read because if I read, I'm like stimulated. I'm like looking forward to the book like and I can't like shut down. Whereas for me, if I read, which I do now before bed all the time, like I know within 10 minutes of me reading, I'll be asleep because it really is like an activity that calms me down. So I think it's cool to start to like experiment with yourself. Mm-hmm. I love that reflection because everyone is so unique. Like one person could do yoga and feel mm-hmm. like so relaxed and the other person might be extremely anxious and not be enjoying it at all. So just noticing those activities through your day that energize you and stimulate you or ground you and relax you mm-hmm. and then being really intentional with using them. And for me, like I had it explained to me, um, these systems explained to me like a teeter totter. So our body's always trying to find balance between the two. So I know for me, (laughs) I used to slam myself into the sympathetic nervous system, like go, go, go with school, get that high intensity workout in, work until 10 o'clock at night. And then I'd have these weeks where I would crash so hard where I couldn't do anything. I was so apathetic. I had no energy and I couldn't understand why. I was living on this roller coaster and it was really just that teeter-totter like crashing down to the other side and it was my body's way of saying hey you're not going to take this break well we're going to take it for you and so when I started to understand my nervous system I felt like I you know kind of got off that roller coaster ride and my teeter-totter just gently oscillates through the day depending on you know when I need to be more activated or when I need to be more relaxed so it's been really powerful for me yeah And I mean, just to go on and on, as I like to do, I think about it daily, but I also think about like what I can do for my nervous system, you know, monthly or yearly. So 
Um, that might mean, you know, scheduling a week's vacation, like a week long vacation, which I never used to do to like have that complete restoration, um, you know, or it might even be taking that full day off on the weekend or like getting out in nature. So, I mean, there's little things we can do through the day, but sometimes our nervous system really needs like a full restoration. And so that's something to think about as well. All right, so our next section of the podcast is two unsupportive habits we ditched. So, Darian, can you kick us off? Yeah, so this actually ties pretty greatly into Courtney's nervous system um, topic here, but one of my unsupportive habits I'm trying to ditch is rushing. This could just be kind of the season of life I'm in. I'm pretty busy, like, by choice. I'm not complaining. I love it. (laughs) Um, But I've just noticed lately a lot of things I'm doing, I'm just rushing to the next thing, to the next meeting, to eat, to do this task or that. And I actually had a friend say to me the other day, they're like, you look really, really distracted. Like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, oh, if I notice that it looks like I'm a little bit like everywhere, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, maybe that's a little bit of like self-reflection or that I have to bring and see, okay, are there buffer periods I can create in my day that will allow me to like maybe have a little bit more space between those meetings or so I'm not rushing to the next task. Um, I'm ensuring that I'm putting my full intention within everything. Um, and again, it's a little bit of the season I'm in and maybe it's not feasible for everyone to have like that space in their day but sometimes it does just create that sense of overwhelm when it's just like okay what do I have to do next what do I have to do next um so I think it's something I'm trying to work on where I'm like okay am I rushing in my day-to-day tasks like is there an opportunity for me to create that buffer or what do I have to do to make a little bit more space so I'm not rushing (laughs) yeah and I like you said I think it ties in very well to the conversation Mm -hmm. on the nervous system because if we think about being busy and having a lot to do, our body's there to support us. So it's going to start, you know, activating that sympathetic nervous system, releasing hormones that make us energized, Mm -hmm. increase our heart rate, you know, so we're actually having a bodily response that makes us more like kind of flighty and overwhelmed. So to be really compassionate with ourselves, like, oh, this is my body responding and how can I support it with those little breaks yeah. and kind of diving into that parasympathetic mm-hmm. nervous system? Exactly. So I feel like your morning walk is a good yes, <laughs> start, exactly, Darian. Right? But it sounds like you're really aware of how you need to, you know, create those moments Trying in the day. Be, yeah. <laughs> and my second actually unsupportive habit ties directly into this as well. Because I'm like, okay, what's kind of one step I can maybe take towards that rushing aspect? And it's um, eating without distraction. So I'm giving up eating with distractions and especially digestion wise like I preach to this to my clients all the time it's like take deep breaths like make sure you're in a more relaxing environment when you're eating and here I am scarfing down my meal while I'm doing my makeup or getting ready or taking a phone call and I'm like oh I feel really gross after that meal and I'm like because I wasn't in a more relaxed state when I ate it or even just if I'm scrolling on my phone like I probably don't need to be doing that Mm -hmm. so I think it's something I'm going to try and find more intention with is eating those meals without distraction. Yeah. I feel like I just can't stop with the nervous system stuff. (laughs) But it's like, again, that parasympathetic nervous system, it's responsible for, you know, Mm -hmm. your mouth will create saliva. So you're breaking down your food, like your digestive tract will activate. So you're actually absorbing and digesting your meals. So I feel like to give yourself that break into the parasympathetic Mm -hmm. nervous system (laughs) is just so awesome. So I'm glad that these two are kind of coming together (laughs) for us. 
<laughs> yes, I'm trying. <laughs> All right, Hannah, what are your two unsupportive habits you were getting rid of? Yeah, so the first one is also a work in progress, um, but it's not hitting snooze and not having my phone on my bedside table. Mm. Um, so I know, like, for myself, and I think for most people, you know, hitting the snooze is so tempting um, because it feels like, oh, it just feels so good to be in bed and, like, just five more minutes, I'd be so awesome. But that really sets me up to be in an absolute panic um, to get ready for the morning because I'm not taking that time. I'm on overdrive trying to make it in time for wherever I'm going. Um, But also, I really notice that, like, if I just wake up when my alarm goes off, I actually feel much more alert and much more ready for the day versus if I've kind of like come in and out of sleep for, you know, 15 minutes. Um, So that's a big one. And it kind of goes along with having my phone on my bedside table. Um, I do use my alarm on my phone. So although I'm not somebody who really scrolls on my phone in bed, I like to have my phone outside of my room because I can still hear my alarm, but it actually makes me physically have to get up and out of bed to snooze the alarm or to turn off the alarm, which makes it a lot less likely because to tie it into the um, nervous system, like my feet just hitting the ground is starting to wake me up, right? It's starting to Mm -hmm. activate like that, okay, we got to go, that sympathetic nervous system. Um, So it's less likely that I'm going to grab my phone less likely, but it does sometimes happen, (laughs) grab my phone and then go back into bed. And then my second one um, is something that I would say I worked on a lot when I was younger, maybe through like kind of teenage to like university years would be comparison to others um, and particularly around health habits, I think. Mm -hmm. So, you know, around like workouts or around what people would eat, um, you know, I think comparison is the thief of joy, as they say. Um, And I would get very stuck in, you know, well, what is this, you know, maybe influencer eating and what I eat in a day or what is like, you know, my friend doing in the gym, maybe that's what I should be doing. Um, And so I think part of it's maturing and becoming a little bit more like set with your own self. Um, But a huge thing is just not comparing and knowing that like my body knows what's best for my body. And um, that what other people do has like no kind of impact on what I need to do for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting because we can, you know, observe other people. Maybe it's their workouts or some of their habits and it can be inspiring. And it's like, oh, maybe that would help me too. But it's like there's a fine line where you lose sight of yourself and what's working for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's something I've thought about too is like stay in my lane, like focus on my body. And yeah, maybe be curious and like Mm -hmm. learn things and be open to new ideas. And and maybe that comes, like you said, (laughs) With maturity. It's yeah. like you have to kind of experiment and go through these things to finally be able to really connect to your body and know what works best. But yeah, yeah. totally. I like that a lot. And like, I like that it's like stay curious, but don't compare. Mm-hmm. It's like, right. And mm-hmm. that's that. That's huge. I love that. Yeah. That's like a golden quote right there, Darian. Thanks. Did you just make that up yeah, or is I that just, a thing? It just came into my head. Darian, <laughs> June 17th, 2022. <laughs> All right, Court, what are your unsupportive habits? So one unsupportive habit that I've recently ditched is having small meals that weren't fully satisfying me. So the habit I'm adopting is larger satisfying meals. 
Before I jump into this, I do want to say this is very much one of those things that is personal to me and might not work for everyone. So for example, like I work with a lot of women through their pregnancy and they have to Mm -hmm. eat small meals frequently throughout the day to manage symptoms like heartburn or just because of their reduced stomach capacity. And so again, this is one that I've just been finding works really well for me right now. But what I noticed is when I eat like a large meal that fully satisfies me, it's kind of what I said with the the protein example. I just feel good to go for quite a few hours. And I love that. Like I love enjoying my meal, feeling fully satisfied, but then working on whatever else I need to work on through the day. So it doesn't mean I don't have snacks. I still have snacks, but I just, you know, really listen to my appetite cues and I eat until I'm satisfied. Whereas before I'd be like, oh, I'm still kind of hungry, but, you know, whatever, I'll eat a snack later. And Mm -hmm. so now just like having that larger portion, um, I'm just finding it works really well for me in this season of life. I really like that tip. And I, it is something I've explored with like myself and a few clients and it's like, eat the food and like you know have that really large satisfying meal and you you do I mean again like Court said very maybe unique to your circumstance or what you're doing but you do just feel so much better and it's like you are just nice and energized and it's okay to kind of experiment with that for yourself Mm -hmm. and I think it like even ties into a comment you made earlier of you know you enjoy food but you don't want to be thinking Mm -hmm. about it all day um and you know yeah thinking about food constantly throughout the day is like a huge like signal from your body that like hey we didn't get enough food or Mm -hmm. we're needing more food and so I think too it like almost ties into everything that we've talked about it's like okay if you've got your basic needs met you can focus more on work you can not rush through things as much like you know and it just is one of those anchor habits I guess um that like just stands out for me too yeah sometimes we'll talk about it with clients even like from a perspective of digestion Mm -hmm. where if we're like eating all day long our digestive tract never gets that break or that opportunity to activate what's called the migrating motor complex something Darian shared so you know sometimes Mm -hmm. for clients if they are feeling more bloated through the day uh, we'll work on that habit habit and it can be really supportive but again there's always you know on the flip side people who it doesn't work Mm -hmm. for like I shared women in pregnancy it could be people who just don't like that feeling of being really full um, or maybe even athletes who have high energy needs and they just need to have a high frequency with their meals and snacks can you guys think of any other examples Um, I was going to say like some shift workers or, you know, people with jobs where they don't have maybe as much flexibility with breaks. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's almost like, oh, I've kind of got to grab something when I can grab Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. And so then it might be a little bit smaller throughout the day. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. So my second unsupportive habit that I've ditched is skipping rest days. Um, So I think I used to think I was like special with my recovery or something where I didn't need rest days. I could squeak in more training. Um, And I probably did that chronically for like quite a few years. And, you know, coming back to the nervous system, I wasn't really (laughs) supported with my recovery and having those, you know, days where my parasympathetic nervous system was supported in recovering my muscles and body. So I really noticed like a lot of detrimental side effects from it. One was like the loss of my period, but even things like having difficulty, like regulating my appetite, like I'd get super intense cravings and I couldn't understand why. Um, Or maybe I wasn't seeing the progress in the gym. I'm like, I'm working harder than everyone. Why am I not getting stronger and fitter? And so, yeah, really like embracing those rest days um, has been helpful for me. And, you know, it just started with taking one full rest day and then two full rest days a week. And then now I actually take 
three rest days. I still am active on those days and do things like walk and bike. But for me, um, you know, more rest days has been really supportive with my health health and wellness goals. So it's something I always have to work on because I am the type of person who loves to move and train. But yeah, those rest days are important. Yeah, I think that that's a really important one too of it's very easy in like the fitness space to think of like more is more mm-hmm. like and get in that mindset. Um, but really, like we know from like that scientific perspective and then also people's just experience is like, oh, actually, it's more intentional, um, not just like more exercise yeah. all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard to do, right? Like mm-hmm. it is to be able to like prioritize those rest days for yourself. But then you probably do feel so much better come those workouts and you can really push if you want to or Mm -hmm. like feel like you're strong and recovered but I I love that you shared that one Mm -hmm. I think the hardest part for me was that my exercise was very built in my routine Mm -hmm. so when I get to that time of day where I always worked out it's like what do I do now so for anyone who's maybe in the same situation as me some things that I did was like scheduling other activities during that time so I literally couldn't go work out so like scheduling time with friends scheduling like a work event so that I was committed to that rest day because it literally there was interference with my regular time. Um, So that was something that really helped me get started when I was, you know, struggling to take those rest days. Um, But then also like really being open to it and noticing how I started to feel better. I think that encouraged me to keep going with it. And, you know, this is something that we support clients with a lot. Like oftentimes I think, you know, people maybe are on the other side where they're getting motivated to start their fitness routine. So that's one side of the spectrum. But on the other side, like we do work with a lot of people who I say are, you know, perhaps overtraining. And so, you know, if that's something you need support with, we're here to help you find that balance. So for this final section, we're going to share one piece of advice that we'd offer our younger self. All right. (laughs) Darian, hit us with it. (laughs) Okay. My piece of advice is you're not a special snowflake. Now, that might sound aggressive, but hear me out. I mean this in the sense that shit happens. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that or not, but that's okay. We'll put the explicit Um, mark on this podcast. (laughs) And it's just like we're not always incredibly unique and that nothing's ever going to happen to us Mm -hmm. right and it's not discrediting anyone's experience or you know thing or circumstance that happens in life but knowing that things happen to everyone and how we respond and how we try and take control over that can really help us move through it or kind of impact how things unfold Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's like the tone of it, it's like, you're not a special mm-hmm. snowflake. But then there's also like, you're not a special yeah. snowflake. Right? <laughs> I yeah. picture like the SpongeBob meme where it's like <laughs> yeah. the rainbow. The um, and it's like, oh, wait. Yeah. And yeah. I also think like what you said, you have the yeah. opportunity to think about circumstances mm-hmm. differently. Like yes. reframe your thinking yeah. and have a new outcome. Yes. Yeah. And I think for me, it was something that really stood out because I definitely was someone where it's like any minor inconvenience that happened like that changed my day or changed plans I was like oh like that's just ruined now or it's like this is just out of control and I'm a lot more chill in that regard because I'm like yeah I'm not unique to this scenario like everyone's going through something and yeah the more you can recognize that for yourself and just pull things in a little bit better and see how you can control that response I think that'll just help your outcome and mindset maybe 
Yeah, I think that's actually really interesting, too, like from the sense of it can ground you. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so something that sometimes I'll talk to clients about would be like this idea of common humanity. Mm -hmm. Um, So this idea that we have a lot of shared experiences or, you know, even at kind of like your darkest moment, you're not alone because somebody, although it might have been different, Mm -hmm. um, has been through that, too. Right. You're not the first person to experience what you're experiencing yeah. and almost just knowing that I think can be empowering and comforting mm-hmm. um, versus like it's so isolating yes mm-hmm. you yeah. know and you you don't get stuck maybe as much in those things I like that reflection a lot mm-hmm. so Darian do you have an example of how you kind of you know reframe your special snowflake moments to be more empowering yeah actually so I've been dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury since about October now and for a while I caught myself feeling very sorry for myself and just very down on myself like why is this happening to me it's impacting my training I can't do the things I used to I kept making it worse and <laughs> you it did was, you yeah. really did <laughs> <laughs> no like so bad like here we are in June and I've probably finally just started to really get a grasp on it and it was like it took me a long time to realize that it's like okay, like, and my coach kept saying to me, and he really did help me, and, like, even, like, court, like, having previous injuries, but it's, like, use this off as an opportunity to build strength in other areas. Like, you're not going to lose your shoulder strength just because you can't maybe do those movements that you were used to before, and, again, you're just digging yourself deeper into this hole. Do you want to be here another year from now? No. (laughs) So I've had to really try to take a step back, and I've really – okay, what can I focus on? I can do more strict movements or I can strengthen that working muscle. I can be really, really, really diligent about my physio that's mm. actually supposed to help me. And um, yeah, this past week I actually tested out some things that I hadn't done with it in a while and they felt so strong and so good. And I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. So like things people were telling me were actually working for me. So maybe a little bit of a different example, but um, that's one where I've had to like, try to look at it from a different perspective or a different outside approach like what can I do then mm-hmm. versus what can't I do yeah and truthfully you're probably gonna come out stronger and mm-hmm. a more aware athlete and yeah. you know I think it, it's hard to see that in the moment really in an injury, <laughs> but good for you for getting yeah. to that place <laughs> thanks <laughs> Yeah, so mine would be to focus on skills to get you through life versus focusing on just getting through life, which can sound kind of weird, but um, I think it really goes back even to some of the stuff that you touched on with rushing. I would say from like a very young age, I've been like a very go, go, go person or like always what's next, Um, like whether it was okay, in high school, like, what's the next test I have to get done? What's the next trip I get to go on? Um, And, like, I was just always rushing to the next thing. Um, And then in university, it was like, okay, you know, you have these very solid kind of guidelines. And then even for me, it was like, okay, well, my first degree, when, how can I get, how quickly can I get into the second degree? Um, And that's something that, you know, I struggle with just at baseline um, is to not always just be looking forwards to the next thing and really rushing through it. And so what I think the advice to the young, my younger self is something that maybe I've put in more time to develop now is what are the skills that actually get you through life and allow you to enjoy life? So slowing down, going back to the basics, the things that help, um, even like the, you know, you're not a special snowflake. Like I think sometimes I get in the mindset of, oh yeah, I know I talk to clients about, you know, A, B, C, D, these things that will help you or ground you. And then 
I, for some reason, think, like, because I have this knowledge, they don't actually impact me. Um, And so it's actually going back and having some, I guess, self-compassion, but also, um, like, kind of taking myself down a notch almost sometimes um, to focus on what actually gets you through life and what allows you to enjoy life versus just always focusing on, like, rushing through the thing um, to get to an end goal. Yeah. It's like... Kind of they call it like if then thinking. It's mm-hmm. like when I complete that, then I'm going to be happy or enjoy mm-hmm. life or whatever. Um, so what are things that help you get through life or enjoy life yeah. in the day to day? Yeah. So I definitely think for me, because I had the tendency to be a go, go, go and maybe really work in that sympathetic nervous system a lot more, it is things that slow me down, that help me get through life or enjoy life. So whether it's hanging out with somebody like a friend that I haven't seen in a while, going for a walk, um, reading a book, which I don't think I did until, you know, six months ago, (laughs) Um, having those habits that allow like that I enjoy doing like I actually you know it sounds silly but it's like I enjoy having my breakfast stuff laid out I enjoy having my clothes laid out I enjoy having my environment clean and all those things slow me down and like show me that I can enjoy like almost like the little things in life like the monotonous stuff um that I can still enjoy it So something I reflect on each day is what was the best part of my day? And it's kind of interesting. Like, it's never this crazy accomplishment Mm -hmm. that was the best part of my day. It was like, oh, I had a moment to have coffee with a friend like Hannah and I had coffee together this week. Or, you know, the sun was shining and I got outside and had that five minute break. Or maybe I really got to enjoy something yummy that I made for lunch. And so it's like those little moments or nuggets in the day are really Mm -hmm. what make it enjoyable. And I think I'm like you, Hannah, I can get caught in the rat race. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, coming back to those, you know, things that we enjoy day to day, I think is what really makes life worth living. That sounds way too deep, but (laughs) no, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Courtney. So to round us out, what is your one piece of advice you would give your younger self? So my piece of advice would be accept that the way you approach nutrition and exercise and honestly, probably life is going to change throughout Mm -hmm. your life. So I think like probably when I entered university and definitely in my early years as a dietitian, I was like, I want to figure this out. Like, what's the perfect way to eat, the perfect way to move? Like, what's the answer? And it's like, there is no answer. There is no perfect way. And there's even no perfect way for each person. Like, it's going to change throughout the seasons of our life. And I think I've really reflected on this working with women, like, through their pregnancies. It's like through their fertility journey and, like, optimizing their cycle and getting pregnant and, like, changing their nutrition and movement through pregnancy and then postpartum when they have this new priority in their life. Mm -hmm. Like, it's always changing and I get to support them through all of these changes. But the first piece is accepting that it needs to change. And I think that's something I struggle with as someone who wants to have it all figured out. And really probably this past year, I've accepted that I won't figure it all out and it will change and that's okay. Yeah, I think, Courtney, too, like, just from, like, an observer standpoint, it's, like, you know, Darian and I have seen, like, how you've really transformed kind of from even, like, a training perspective Mm -hmm. of what you used to do to, like, what you're doing now. And, like, not that there wasn't, like, bumps on the road, but, like, I think that that was, like, a a really powerful thing to, like, observe. But I know also for you to experience of, like, oh, actually, you know, maybe what I thought was the quote-unquote best or, like, greatest thing for me – 
is something different. And, like, mm-hmm. I think that takes, like, a lot of, like, self-reflection and yeah. honestly just, like, I don't know, bravery, like, honestly, to do something different than, like, what you've always done. Honestly, yeah, it did. I, I think bravery is a great word for this, for me at least. And, like, even using CrossFit as an example, like, um, I feel like when I was noticing that maybe CrossFit wasn't working for me anymore, it was really hard to let it go because that was part of my identity and something I really enjoyed and something that I thought I had all figured out for myself. And so it was hard for me to accept that maybe a new training style would fit a new season of my life and new goals that I had for my body. And so I always like kept going back to it, even though like deep down I knew it was time to transition. And then I think also I felt like in order to let it go, I had to like hate that part of my Mm -hmm. life, like almost Mm -hmm. be like CrossFit's stupid, like, (laughs) but that's not true. Like Mm -hmm. CrossFit was amazing. It taught me so much about training. I met so many great people. I learned so much about myself. Like I would never change that. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. And it's time for something new. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like that end is really important. Um, And so, you know not to make this about CrossFit because really it's about evolution, but it's like I can look at CrossFit and be so grateful for that and even recommend it to people who I think it's a really Mm -hmm. good fit for and like, you know, enjoy and look fondly on that phase of my life, um, which I think gives me so much more space to move forward and notice what's actually feeling good for me now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, that's huge. I think like Kenneth said, it has been actually really really cool to just see you navigate that change in your life because it did seem really scary and like I think it is so interesting and I think like you said it is it's about being okay knowing that things aren't going to stay the same forever and being okay with exploring those different opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I was deciding between like what tip I'd offer my younger self, the other one was like go to therapy sooner, (laughs) which is really how I like figured all of this out. Honestly, (laughs) like I had an amazing therapist and with that, it took me a while to find a therapist I really clicked with. And I know not everyone has access to therapy. So it's something I'm so grateful I was able to do, but that's really like, that's where I learned about my nervous system. That's where I like started to learn about acceptance and compassion and so if you have the resources to go to therapy and you can find a therapist you click with I mean that would be probably (laughs) actually my number one piece of advice to my younger self because that's how I really discovered this and had the courage to like explore it therapy for all (laughs) (laughs) honestly Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. And if you'd like to learn more, we've transformed this podcast episode into a blog post with supporting information and resources. So you can find it on our website at vitalitynutrition.ca forward slash blog. And if you are struggling to build supportive habits, we're here to help you identify and adopt your own unique set of habits through our one-on-one nutrition coaching program. So if you'd like to learn more, you can email Darian directly at darian at vitalitynutrition.ca. She's responsible for all of our inquiries. And you can also learn more on our website and contact us through the form on our website. Thanks for spending your time with us. To further fill your plate, follow us on social media using the links in our show notes or visit us online at vitalitynutrition.ca. And as always, we welcome your ratings and reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay fed, stay moving, and stay well. Produced at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.